Hello and welcome to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Sig Daddy, and today it's the Slamboree 2000 review, my second retro review for the wrestling show, Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. And a couple things I want to go over before um, I get this thing started. It was a couple bits of news that came into play this week. It we found out that Sting's no longer signed with WWE, which leaves the door open for AEW. Who knows? Maybe that's a possibility. I don't know, but I'm interested in seeing what's happening soon. Mike Tyson's going to be the presenter of the TNT title at uh, Double or Nothing. Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, they're having a baby. The man turns into the mom. That's pretty dang awesome, I'll say that. And then also, there's a new... Uh, going to be a new IC champion here soon because of the uh, because of Sami Zayn being stripped of the IC title. He's been sitting out since WrestleMania due to uh, the coronavirus uh, pandemic. His concerns about that. He's sitting out alongside Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns has been handled a little bit differently since he's been uh, kind of uh, removed from highlights from WrestleMania uh, 31, and also being a uh, kind of taken off the marquee for SmackDown, I'm thinking, if, I, if I'm if i correct there. But uh, plenty of stuff going on this week in pro wrestling. But this week, it's the Slamboree 2000 review from WCW. And just to give you a little bit of an idea of what was going on at this point was uh, a, a, a feud between the, uh, the Million Dollar Club, and, well, the Millionaire's Club, and the... Uh, New Blood. The New Blood ran by uh, Vince Russo and Eric Bischoff, and then uh, Ric uh, Flair being the head of the Millionaires Club. And some of the main uh, feuds they were hyping up for the uh, the show included uh, Ric Flair and Shane Douglas, the franchise, Vampiro and Sting, Billy Kidman and Hulk Hogan, and also David Arquette. DDP and Jeff Jarrett for the WCW Championship in a triple cage match. On commentary for this show was Tony Schiavone, Scott Hudson, and Mark Madden. And this show actually didn't do very well attendance-wise. It had a paying audience of 4,862 with just 100,392... 300... 139,202 dollars worth of gate at the ticket booth, ticket uh, ticket office, and th- these were these numbers uh, came from the book, uh, came from the book by uh, R.D. Reynolds and Brian Alvarez, The Death of WCW, which is it's a very good book. I recommend it if you want to kind of know about the rise and the fall of uh, WCW, and just to give you. Uh, an idea of where WCW's uh, gate was just the 18 months prior. They had over, they had almost $1 million gate. Wow. Boy, had the times changed for WCW. But the ticket sales for this show, Slamboree, were doing pretty well until May 1st when they announced that Arquette would be defending the WCW title. And... Wow. And this show did a just a 0.14 buy rate in just about two and a half years earlier. Starcade 
or it was about it was about you know, two and a half years earlier, Starcade did a 1.9, a 1.9 to a 0.14. Boy, that is a really big decline. But let's get this show started. Uh, it's the Cruiserweight Championship match. It's Chris Candido from The New Blood with Tammy, actually formerly known as Sonny, against the artist formerly known as Prince Ayakea with Paisley. And I'm pretty sure that's Charmel, but I didn't take the time to look that one up. But it doesn't really matter in this match. But lots of distractions and stuff going on during this Uh Late, it's Tammy distracting the ref with an injured ankle, and Paisley and Tammy have a confrontation. Uh, hair pull by Paisley. Tammy grabs the chair, hits the artist in the back, actually in the head, and uh, Candido gets the pin, but it's actually a two count. The referee, not the referee, but the production team, uh, botches the uh, uh, botches the count, kind of because they start playing uh, Candido's music right afterward, but like two seconds later, they shut it off because they realized that Henson only counted a two instead of a three because uh, artist kicked out before two, and Candido would then, would then just go on to hit a pile driver and a flying headbutt, and that'd be it. And this had a lot of botches in it, had quite a few botches in it, and it was just flat out bad. Just bad. And there was no real flow to the match. And the screw up by the production team at the end of the match was blatantly obvious. And not a good way to start the show. Really not a good way to start the show. Candino does retain his uh, cruiserweight championship. And boy, the fun has just started. I'm just saying, this doesn't get much better, really. <laughs> It gets a D plus. We get a Terry Funk taking punishment highlight video after that. And then we get Terry Funk defending his hardcore championship against Norman Smiley with a mystery partner. And we find out later it is Ralphus. And Ralphus used to be kind of a part of Jericho's posse back when he was in WCW. And he is helping uh, Terry Funk out here. And there's just a lot of crap getting thrown around in this match. Just a big old mess made, being made backstage. And uh, Norman Smiley, screaming Norman Smiley, uh, if he was in a Royals jersey and jumps uh, Terry Funk from behind in the bathroom. Actually, yeah, he dumped, jumped Terry Funk from behind in the bathroom with a fire extinguisher to start the match. And they just start brawling backstage. Just stuff's getting thrown all over the place. They're throwing chairs at each other. And Terry actually knocked Norman Smiley off a ladder through a table. And I, boy, I would not want to be the cleaning crew on this match. It was just a mess. They were throwing everything at each other. Chairs, trash cans. And there were some really weak trash can shots from Ralphus, who's just standing there half the time. And then they eventually get up to the ring and Terry Funk's dragging Ralphus up the ramp, and he exposes Ralphus's backside, which was, thank goodness they didn't cut the camera to that angle, which would have been very, very awful to see. But uh, the match continues. Uh, Terry Funk and, well, Norman finally jumps up, dumps Terry Funk from behind. Uh, 
And one thing I also take away from this match was Ralphus has a Ralphus's Ralphus has the biggest Audi belly button I think I've ever seen. Go and check it out because it is weird, weird, weird. Um, final moments of the match: it's a chair shot to the head by Norman. Norman does his little wiggle time, which is really weird, weird looking. Uh, Terry grabs a chair. Norman takes it from him and hits him with it. Then Ralphus does the wiggle on Terry. And Terry hits Ralphus and Smiley with the chair. Ralphus clocked in the head with the chair. There's a couple of headshots in the, with, the, in, uh, with the chair during this match. And Norman checks on Ralphus for a moment after Ralphus gets clocked with the chair. Terry gets a roll-up and retains. And this was interesting and sort of fun. But it went a little bit too long. It was entertaining for a bit, but it wasn't good. And if you want to see stuff get destroyed backstage, this is your match, I guess. Uh, finish was very underwhelming. Finish was very, very underwhelming. But uh, it was definitely an upgrade from the opener. That gets a C grade for me. From me. Then after the match, Norman and Ralphus are trying to do the wiggle in the ring and it's pretty awful and Norman kisses Ralphus on the cheek and it and there, it seemed like Norman was no-selling the effects of the match which was kind of dumb and why are the losers celebrating after they lose that happened in the Prince Ayakea match too and not Prince Ayakea but the artist uh, Chris Candido match after they got a got a leg up on uh, Candido post-match uh, this doesn't make any sense. Why are the losers celebrating? <laughs> After that, we get Mean Gene with David Arquette uh, exiting his limo, and he got asked why is he why isn't he in the uh, Millionaires Club since his wife was uh, Courtney Cox at the time, who was making a million dollars an episode. And Arquette says he's got his own money, a million dollars of his own money. And then DDP doesn't think Arquette's a sports entertainer. And that's kind of why Arquette came alone. Arquette is scared heading into his triple cage match. And they're trying to capitalize with Arquette on the uh, the publicity of Ready to Rumble, which is a movie from the, well, 2000, early 2000, like the year 2000, with, uh, I think, David Arquette and Sean Conn. I don't know if that's the correct name, but it's David Arquette in the movie. It's about him being a wrestler, and it's kind of really campy. And some wrestlers like it. I'm pretty sure Liv Morgan likes it. Uh, but following that, following the promo from Arquette, it's Sean the Perfect One Stasiak versus Kurt Henning. He's trying to, be a, he's trying to do a ripoff of Mr. Perfect. And I thought this was an okay match. Nothing great. But uh, late in the match, Henning was beating down Stasiak in the corner. The ref, Charles Robinson, pulls him away twice. And after the second time, Stasiak hits a boot to the gut and takes Henning down. And then an ugly slingshot in the corner by Stasiak and a perfect plex by Stasiak. And that's it. He uses Kurt Henning's own finishing move to get the win. And I'm going to give this a a C grade. Uh, It was okay. was a little better quality-wise, the match before. The finish kind of came out of nowhere. I guess they were trying to build Stasiak up a, a, a little, but uh, 
we all saw how that worked out for him. So uh, this match gets a C grade. Uh, it was okay. Still better than the opener, I'll say that. Uh, and at this point in the show, this felt long already. And we weren't even an hour into the show. That's That gives you an idea of what WCW... Uh, in the, in the year 2000 looked like. And then we get Russo in the back trying to pump up the new blood. Uh, then we get the U.S. Heavyweight Championship match, Hugh Morris versus Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner with uh, two freaks, Madeja and Shakira. I think that's what they call her, Shakira. It's Scott Steiner defending his U.S. Championship against Hugh Morris. But then Hugh cuts a promo pre-match. One never wants to be called Hugh Morris again. He wants to go by his real name from now on. And that is Hugh G. Rection. I am not joking you. That seems right out of the Russo playbook. Hugh G. Rection. He wants to go by Captain Rection for short. My lord. <laughs> That is awful. And this match that follows, it's not good. It's not good. Not very good. Some more interference during this match. A bunch of distractions. Scott Steiner uh, coming out, talking trash to the crowd a lot. Uh, they, the, the match pretty much was won. After a distraction because uh, the freaks give an, a, a distraction to Captain Rection. And Steiner tries to roll out of the way of a moonsault but gets hit in the back of the head. And Steiner no-sells it and puts in the Steiner recliner. The ref rings the bell. It's over. Steiner adds insult to injury by reapplying it after the bell. And then, woo, it's a bunch of... A bunch of uh, Extra crap going on post-match. The MIA, who they were showing ringside, which had which uh, which had Chavo Guerrero in it. The Misfits in action. They try to approach the ring. They try to attack uh, Scott Steiner post-match. They end up not getting to him. Uh, R&B security tries to stop them from getting in the ring. And Booker T, he makes the save, returns... Hits a kick to Steiner's head, and the crowd popped for it, but really didn't save the match because I'm going to give it a C minus. Was not a good match. The finish was botched. Too much extracurricular crap going on with the freaks and Scott Steiner jawing with the fans ringside. It's not good. And after that, we get Mean Gene with Chris Canyon. He's talking about his upcoming match with a new blood member, Mike Awesome. And he's kind of been buddied up with DDP at this point. He considers DDP, DDP a brother. Blood is thicker than water. Calls Kidman, Jarrett, and awesome suck-ups. And Paige told him, Paige told him that uh, you don't get where you are in this business by kissing ass, but it's by busting your ass. And that's what he's going to do tonight. He'll prove tonight to awesome that nobody is better than Canyon. And... Here we go. Mike Awesome versus Chris Champagne Canyon. And 
there's a bunch of interference going on during this match. I WCW's rules were very, very loose. I don't know what it was because there was a thousand low blows during this show, a thousand chair shots with no DQ initiated. It seemed like every match was no DQ, even though it doesn't say that specifically. They never even mentioned it either. I don't know, but here's the gist of it late. Uh, Canyon hits some strikes. Canyon runs off the ropes, eats a slingshot shoulder block from Mike Awesome. Mike Awesome, I gotta say this, he was ahead of his time. He was a big guy that could high fly and do about everything. He was pretty awesome. There we go, Mike Awesome. Ergo, Mike Awesome. And uh, Awesome goes for a power bomb. The Wolfpack music hits. Kevin Nash shows up, beats down the beats down Mike Awesome. The New Blood shows up, and Nash is trying to fight them. And numbers game is too much. The Millionaire Club shows up with Sting and company. And security tries to break up the brawl. Millionaire's Club clears the ring. And there's no bell or anything, so... I don't even know what the result of this match was. I'll have to look at the technical term they used for it. They called it a no contest. It was a no contest. And no bell or anything. And the interference and crap post-match is getting super old at this point. Well, interference during and after the match. This gets a C minus. The match was fairly decent until the overbooking kicked in. Every single match has had overbooking in it, but uh, stuff doesn't make sense at this point. They don't even have a ring bell or anything to signify the match was over. It's just oh, it's over. Let's move on. Yep, C minus grade for me on that match between Canyon and Mike Awesome. After that, it's Buff Bagwell, member of the New Blood, taking on the total package. Lex Luger from the Millionaires Club and Total Package has been on a rampage recently because Vince Russo, who says Liz, Miss Elizabeth, uh, is her property and Luger and her were together actually until her death, I think in 2003. And it's Russo says WCW owns Liz's contract, so therefore I own her and... Before leading the lead up to this match, Luger was maced by security and attacked by Buff and Shane Douglas. And before the match, we get Russo backstage with Liz, suggesting her to change her tablecloth and put on something classy. And Liz tells him that you can't tell me what to do. And then Russo says, this contract says I do. And when this match gets started, there's a bunch of posing around by buff and then luger does a pose off before they finally lock up and let's just skip to the end of the match um luger hits a power slam buff clocks him from behind liz swings at buff after liz escapes from russo earlier on which she hit him with she pulled the chair out from behind him and hit him with the bat and liz does swing the bat at buff bagwell and Buff catches it and takes it from her. Luger tries to stomp him. Eats a bat shot to the gut as uh, Buff is turning around. And then Buff hits him again with it. Buff hits a swinging neck breaker. Then Buff heads up top. Liz hits him in the elbow with the bat. And then a torture rack by Luger. Gets it done for him. And Buff taps and uh, gives up. So, uh, this match, it was okay. 
And it was a, probably the best thing on the show so far, even with the uh, overbooking nonsense. It's okay. It's okay even with the bo- overbooking nonsense. I'm going to give it a, a C plus. Uh, post-match, a power plant guy in Chuck Palumbo. You remember that name from WWE in the uh, early to mid-2000s. And, well, more so mid to late 2000s. But uh, Chuck Palumbo shows up and attacks Luger. And he's actually wearing Luger's logo on his gear. His uh, gym logo. And Buff hits a reverse DDT on Luger. Gets the torture rack. Uh, well, gives uh, Chuck Palumbo, assists Chuck Palumbo in getting the torture rack on Luger. He does and puts it in, and then Buff holds Liz back, and he brings Liz back with him. So, But this was all right, even with the overbooking C-plus grade. Not bad, even with the overbooking stuff. Then we get the franchise with Mean Gene in the back, and there's been nearly a decade of bad blood between him and Ric Flair. That'll all come to a head tonight when they face off, and Douglas is using all of Ric Flair's catchphrases, yada, yada, yada. We get to the match. Franchise, Shane Douglas versus Ric Flair. Ric Flair shows up in street clothes, like dress street clothes. I don't know why. It's just weird seeing that. Very, very odd. But uh, here we go. It's late in the match. Shane Douglas hits three amigos, brags for a moment, goes for the pin only to get a two count. Douglas gets angry and pounds him. And Flair wants him to bring it. Then Ric Flair hits some punches and chops. Flair struts around the ring. Knee drop to the groin by Flair. Kick to the nuts by Flair. And then chop lock by him. And drops Shane's knee on his leg, gets the figure four leg lock. Buff is running down the ramp, but a bat to the back by a masked assailant, which was supposedly Russo. It turned out it wasn't, but uh, Shane, he cradles Flair to get the win. And this is going to get a C minus grade for me. It's another overbooked freaking finish. And it was okay until that point. Interference, interference, interference. That's the story of this night. And Douglas and Buff beat him down post-match. Douglas with the chain to the groin. Flair gets on the mic. It says, Russo, you're going nowhere, Jack. You owe me five minutes. And it turns out it ain't Russo. Uh, Luger puts the masked man into the ring. And it actually then cuts to Russo who's coming down the ramp. And who's the masked man? The masked man turns out to be Ric Flair's own son, David Flair, and then hits Rick with a Statue of Liberty. And then Russo says, start the clock. And Russo is pretty much telling everybody to suck it at this point. <laughs> this is some awful stuff. David hits his dad with the bat. Nash's music hits. More and more people come to the party. And Smash makes slowly makes his way down to the ring. Takes about two hours. And... They shut the clock off. Nash takes out David. Nash gets Russo for a power bomb, but then Daphne comes in, which ends up being, I think, David Flair's girlfriend. He hits a blow. She hits a low blow on Nash, and Russo hits Nash with the bat. Russo and David. Russo, David, and Daphne celebrate as they go up the ramp, and then Luger's out there to check on Nash. And this is just way too much nonsense. This is every single match. It gets so confusing at this point. You don't even realize what's normal. Everything's overbooked on this show, practically. 
It is insane. This is just bad. And we get Sting versus Vampiro. And in the lead up to this, at Spring Stampede, Vampiro came up through the ring and grabbed Sting. And he'll show Sting what it's like to walk around with his humanity stripped from him. Yada, yada, yada. Vampiro dumped the blood on Sting and hung him from the rafters at one point. Some kind of supernatural kind of crap between these two. And this is not even, a, this is supposed to be a singles match. It ends up really just being a hardcore match. And a lot of weapon use in this match, especially a lead pipe. The lab was I, I did not like because they were pretty much not selling the lead pipe at all. Normally a lead pipe is pretty much, you're out of the match. And they were just acting like it was a, a I don't know, it was just acting like it was a punch or something because they used this so much. But really, this wasn't bad. This is probably the best thing on the show. I'm just saying. And there was no interference at all during this. That's an upgrade. That's an upgrade. In the end of the match, Sting sends Vampiro into the corner. Stinger splash. Then a Stinger splash with the pipe. And then Sting mistakenly goes for a suplex for a moment. Then switches to a Scorpion Death Drop and hits it. And Sting calls for another one. He gets it. He's still pretty over with the crowd. The crowd seemed to be into a lot of this stuff. I don't know how, but uh, this was fine. Sting gets the win after the second Scorpion death drop, and I'm going to give it a B-. It was a fine little quick brawl that had Sting winning. And there was no overbooking nonsense, so that just get that up the grade for me right there. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for the most part. It was fun. And then we get Mike Tanay backstage with David Arquette and DDP, and this could be the end of his acting career tonight. Arquette says he's scared. DDP says he'll be fine if he stays out of Jarrett's way. And then if anybody else shows up, you go to the top of the cage and fend them off. Don't grab the belt when you're up there. Then Nash is shown backstage looking for Russo, and then Tanay now with Kidman, Bischoff, and Tori, and... Someone else, actually, it turns out to be Kimberly, DDP's wife. And Kidman talks about how he's 3-0 against Hogan so far. And Bischoff's still going to be the ref tonight. And it's going to be a great night for you and a great night for New Blood. We'll call this down the middle of Hogan's yellow back. We get Hulk Hogan versus Billy Kidman with Tori Wilson. And you can tell these rules are very laxed, well, very... uh laid back here because Eric Bischoff is the uh, the biased official and this is very Hogan looks very slow here like super duper slow um, Hogan had Horace Hogan with him ringside for well, well before Eric kicked him out and the turning point of this match was a couple of counters and Hogan hip tossing Kidman outside of the ring and this match continues for a little bit longer, and they go back and forth, back and forth, hit moves on each other, but Hogan actually gets tables out at one time, and I don't think I've ever seen Hulk Hogan do that. Tony Schiavone mentioned on commentary that he's never really seen that, and one of the tables has a set of legs that are broken. Wow, that was, the, that was definitely WCW at that time broken <laughs> and crowd is surprisingly into this still hogan was going to go for a power bomb on eric bischoff through the table because bischoff wasn't counting him when he was hitting his big moves kidman then prevents the power bomb a chair shot to the back and the head by kidman it only gets a two count kidman eats a boot to the face 
with a chair. Bischoff eats a mule kick to the back. And then Hogan powerbombs Eric Bischoff through the table. And Hogan grabs another table. Low blow Kidman. Chair shot to the back of Hogan. Kidman sets up another table. He places Hogan on it. And then Kidman misses the splash as he goes through the table. Horace Hogan comes in and forces uh, Eric Bischoff to count the three count. And that's it. And this was super long. Bunch of stupid stuff again with this biased officiating and all these weapon shots. And it was a little ridiculous. It was a bit ridiculous, but it was, I don't know. It wasn't anything. It was bad. <laughs> I'm going to give it a D plus. Not a good match. And I thought the wrong guy went over. I honestly thought Kidman should have went over here instead of Hogan. At this point, it doesn't make any sense why Hogan's going over anybody, really. But, uh, oh well, it gets a D-plus grade. Then to the back with Liz and Vince. Russo brings Liz to the bus where Luger was, was, and Vince then steals a car and gets away from Nash, and Nash is just sitting there drinking a beer, chill as could be. And now we get to our main event. It's a triple cage match, ready to rumble for the... WCW World Heavyweight Championship. It's David Arquette versus DDP versus Jeff Jarrett. And Jarrett, here's a little bit of a timeline. Jarrett won the title after Kimberly turned on DDP and hit her hit him with the guitar at Spring Stampede. And then Arquette beat Eric on an episode of, I think, Nitro. And uh, DDP beat Jarrett in a cage match for the title on Nitro. And then Jarrett said... He wasn't leaving till the title was back on his waist. And this was on, I'm pretty sure, an episode of Thunder. And he's choking Arquette at that point. Then it's, he proposes me and Bischoff versus DDP and Arquette for the WCW world title on Thunder. And Kimberly is the ref of that match. Arquette actually hits a spear on Eric. And Jarrett hits DDP with the belt. But Kimberly, at that time, was incapacitated after being kissed by DDP. And then Mickey Henson makes the count for Arquette, awarding him the WCW title. And this was very controversial at the time. And this was just bad idea. Bad, bad, bad idea at this time. And WCW was in dire straits. They were just trying to do anything to pull a good rating. And it was not. It did not work out. But let's get to the match. Arquette, he's not really doing anything this whole match. It's really Jeff Jarrett and DDP doing all the work. Arquette's trying to stay out of the way for the most part. Arquette gets hit a couple of times. He gets smashed into the cage at one point. Uh, the cage is layered like three different layers. So the first layer, you have to climb a ladder and go through a trap door. The second one, you have to go outside of a door and kind of a bolt cut, use bolt cutters. It's a hardcore level. And the third is a guitar level. And then once you get on the top of that one, it's a WCW title at the top of it. And this is all from the movie Ready to Rumble. And this was okay. It wasn't very good. Uh, more interference during this match. The, at one point, actually, the cages, DDP and Jeff Jarrett broke the second cage, the second cage door, and Mike Awesome got involved at one point. Uh, awesome got hit by a hit with a uh, diamond cutter on the second level of the cage. This cage is like 42 feet high. Well, the title is like 42 feet above the ring, which is freaking scary to think about that match. That match was super, uber, 
super dangerous and it's not this is okay it's not really that good arquette kind of sneaks up to the top to fend people off and at the end of the match it's arquette and not arquette but ddp and Jarrett fighting they're both bleeding and arquette has a guitar and he doesn't use it on he uses it on a Jarrett, not Jarrett, he uses it on DDP, actually. He turns on DDP as uh, DDP and Jarrett are climbing the third cage. And, yeah, Arquette takes out DDP. And it's Arquette, DDP, Arquette, DDP, Arquette and Jarrett celebrating after Jarrett pulls down the WCW World Championship. And post-match, Canyon gets involved. And Canyon gets thrown off the second cage in what was a very, very scary spot. He gets thrown from the cage to the ramp, which was supposedly heavily padded. And the really weird thing about this was, this was at the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri. And if you know anything about the history of Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri, it was the same place where Owen Hart fell to his death. Not a good idea. That stuff's still raw, even though it happened a couple of years ago. Not a good idea. I don't think that was their idea uh, with that, or I don't think that was the uh, motive for that. It was just uh, poorly thought of and bad taste, really. Uh, but this match, I'm going to give it a, a C- minus grade. This was an okay swerve. The match really wasn't that great. This should have never happened in the first place, so Arquette should have never held the title. And this was one of about a bajillion title changes in WCW in the year 2000. But uh, I'm happy they didn't have Arquette doing anything offensive here. And uh, I don't like... The, the one thing I really didn't like after the match is they didn't really let the moment sink in. They just always like, oh, let's jump to the canyon, throw him off the cage, let's get a big moment before the show ends just don't let the you gotta let the title change sink in you, they didn't let anything sink in and that was a big issue they had he's like you couldn't let anything sink in they just had to have something happening right afterward but uh yeah c minus grade for this match just not a good match and overall this show wasn't good it's gonna get a c grade for me there was so much overbooking and so much interference and I think there was the one there was one match the whole show that didn't have some kind of nonsense in it. And that was the Sting versus Vampiro match. I would not really check anything out on this show. Uh, except maybe the Sting Vampiro match, because that was mildly entertaining. And maybe watch it for awesome throwing Canyon off the cage. That's it. I'd completely avoid this. This was not a good show. And just don't watch this. It's bad. It's all the bad stuff you hear about WCW from the year 2000. Just completely avoid this show. But uh, that's it for my review of WCW Slamboree 2000. I hope you enjoyed that. It was a rough watch. It was definitely a rough watch. But hey, next week, there's something to look forward to. I'm going to do a Judgment Day 2000 review. And uh, that took place at Freedom Hall in Louisville, Kentucky. And a couple of matches from that show include a submission match between Jericho and Benoit 
for the IC title. Falls Count Anywhere match between Shane McMahon and The Big Show. And then a 60-minute Ironman match for the WWF Championship between Triple H and uh, The Rock with uh, Shawn Michaels as a special guest ref. So that should be a fun show to watch. I'll be putting up my review for that next week, next Friday, actually. And the following of Friday, I will be reviewing ECW Hardcore Heaven 2000. So plenty of great stuff to look forward to on the wrestling show, Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. And in the meantime, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, at Sig Daddy Wrestle, and on Instagram at SigDaddy.Wrestle. And if you haven't already, subscribe to my podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, and other podcasting platforms. Make sure to leave me a five-star review if you like the show on Apple Podcast. But until next time, this is Sig Daddy signing off, thanking you all for listening, and so long, everybody. <laughs>